Hello, and welcome back to No Sevens. I'm your host, David, here with your other hosts, Silas and Caleb, and we're back with another episode, a double feature episode. Will it be twice as long? Hopefully not. Will it be twice as good? Can't make any promises there either. Uh, (laughs) But we're going to be talking about two movies, which on the one hand, apparently have nothing in common, but on the other hand, have a lot in common. Uh, We're going to be talking about The Flash and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. How are you guys doing today? I am fantastic. Just hopped out of the pool. Um, uh, I am fantastic. Just hopped out of the pool. Feeling fresh. Feeling nice and chlorine-y. And uh, ready to rock. Yeah, I heard you had a pretty decisive uh, watermelon ball victory. Oh, I mean, there was no contest. Absolutely no contest. <laughs> I am I'm a rock in the water. People cannot pull me down, especially when I have the watermelon ball in my arms. No, there's no chance. Okay. That's, I would think that if you were a rock, you'd be ball. very easy to pull down, but okay. Um, Talos, you doing good? We've been catching up. We were waiting for Caleb to finish up his watermelon ball. Um, you guys have both seen both of these movies, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, cool. It's been a minute uh, since I've seen Spider Man, but I just watched The Flash last week, so seen them okay. both. Well, do you guys? Which one do you guys want to start with? I'm fine to do Spider Man, or okay. sh- should we Spider-Man. end on a high note? Let's end on high note. Okay. The flash first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's do the flash first then. All right. Let's get into really quickly our non-spoiler reviews. Silas, what you got? Um, I was slightly surprised by how entertained I was with it. I went in with very low expectations and uh, they were exceeded just slightly. That being said, I also don't want to say I was impressed by this either. Um, it was just more fun than I thought it was going to be. That's about it. All right. Over to, is it over or under? I'm assuming it's under based on that assessment. Probably under. Yeah. All right. Caleb, over to you. Yeah, it's going to be an under for me as well. I didn't really know much about, and I don't know much about the DC um, cinematic universe as I do Marvel. And, I just went into it knowing that it was going to be a superhero movie and I had seen the preview. So I knew that like, you know, Michael Keaton was going to come back as Batman and all that jazz, but it's still probably an under uh, just because there were some aspects of the, like the actual like quality, I feel like of the film that just weren't great. And, but I mean, like Silas said, I was pretty well entertained and there was like moments I did laugh and it was like funny and stuff. So it wasn't just a total flop, but uh, definitely not above a seven. Uh, I'm with you guys. Um, I went to see this movie really for one reason, and that was Michael Keaton reprising his role as Batman. Um, I had pretty low expectations for even even that, even for the Michael Keaton return. Um, I will say I was entertained. Like this movie is, uh, worth a watch. I think, uh, was it a good movie? It's an under for me. That's Hmm. what I'll say. Hmm. All right. 
You guys have your spoilers in mind? Yes. All right. Spoilers in three, two, one. George Black Clooney is also Batman. <laughs> there you go. I don't know if anybody I caught that. that George Clooney. Yeah. <laughs> okay. At the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we caught that. So maybe that's a good thing to get into just real quick. Controversial because of how controversial George Clooney's performance as Batman was. Uh, arguably the worst Batman movie ever made. Oh, I'll be honest. I didn't know that George Clooney was ever Batman. Really? Yeah, I just thought they threw in like another older, good-looking dude. I didn't know that George Clooney was Batman. Are you just finding out about this now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the second? Yeah, right now. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, there was a Batman movie called Batman and and Robin. Yeah, Batman and Robin. uh, Also featuring... Um, Uma Thurman as uh, Poison Ivy and Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze and oh, some random yes. guy as Bane um, and uh, George Clooney was Batman it was bad it was really a disgrace there were nipples <laughs> on the bat suit um, <laughs> it was just a rough go it wasn't a good movie um, and You know, George Clooney, the only reason I'm okay with this <laughs> is because um, that apparently they're rebooting the DC expanded universe. And so there will never actually be any George Clooney being Batman. It's just a joke. Um, hmm. Otherwise, I would be infuriated. <laughs> infuriated. All right. So now that we've discussed some of the non-spoiler stuff, what... Let's maybe start. What did you guys like about this movie? I thought the humor was better than expected. Just with the flash doubling and like the interactions with that were pretty, pretty entertaining for me personally. I think I just liked, I don't know. It was just, I've never really like known much about the flash as a standalone character. Like, I don't know if there have been other movies about the flash or I know it's, you know, he's appeared in multiple TV shows and stuff, but as a kid, he was always one that like, I remember and I just kind of liked the flash because I thought I was like fast as a kid. So I thought the flash was cool. Um, Nowhere to the level of Spider-Man as far as like in my list of favorite superheroes, but I think it was just fun and entertaining to see like a dedicated movie about him. Um, And yeah, it was, I don't know. There wasn't anything like stood out to me. It was like really amazing, but I thought it had good action, action sequences. Um, and yeah, I think I agree with Silas on the humor. A lot of that was like, a lot of the stuff was pretty funny. Hmm. I'll plus one that there were a lot of things that I laughed at. I did like some of the action sequences. Um, I really liked like the scene uh, where they're like, running around and like fighting the kryptonites or the kryptonites the the kryptonians yes um that was pretty cool that was fun i'll agree with that that was cool that was a fun fight scene same with like supergirl fighting people um i'll be honest the batman fight sequences fell a little bit flat for me um which is 
I guess maybe understandable, but um, I would have liked more. The one that. when they're going to save Supergirl in the Russian thingamajig. Yeah. That, I thought that was a, I was relatively impressed by the Batman fight scene in that. The, the other ones where they're fighting the Kryptonians, I'll agree. Yeah. That was, that was definitely the peak Batman fight scene, but yes. I didn't feel like he, like, I felt like we could have seen more and seen better. And there were a lot of other, I feel like just like fight choreography from him that wasn't like as exciting or like him flying the jet. It was like, he basically had one move and that was just like his little spin. Like, Oh yeah. How the twirling the, yeah, the cabin would not move, but the rest of the plane would move or whatever. Or maybe yeah, it's the it opposite. Like gyroscopic cockpit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, he is I guess old, I so he is old. Maybe that. I mean, I know. I'm sure Michael Keaton himself didn't do every single fight sequence, but um, maybe that limited kind of what they wanted to do with with some of that stuff. But I forgot. I forgot about the Russian thing when they were saving Superwoman or Supergirl, whatever her name is. Um, that was cool. Now that you mention it again, um. Yeah, I thought there were a lot of cool, like, I don't know, fighting moves. <laughs> so good job there, Flash. Um, let me ask you this. What did you guys think about the opening kind of piece where um, Flash is, like, running through the hospital and there's, like, the slow-mo, everybody's falling and the babies. Oh, like, dude, that was not good, in my opinion. The CGI overall was terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. I mean, it got toward the end, or maybe not even the end, like in the last third, where it was just like noticeably bad. And I'm like, this is, I feel like this is borderline a cartoon. Because even like, um, you know, they had to make Supergirl. Is that is it woman or girl? I don't know, honestly. Uh, I'm sure. Um, let me check. It's probably woman because yeah, it's insulting to call her a girl. Super, yeah. Let's just know. say That's super like a woman real character. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh. Um, no, 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 no. Oh, come on. Super lady. Let's just go with that until we figure it out. Super. F- <laughs> so, like, super female. Um, when yeah. she was all sick and stuff you know they had her locked away in the cage i get it like they had to make her look skinny and stuff but it was just Mm -hmm. it was so bad she literally just looked like it it looked like if it were a video game cut like a cut scene in a video game i would have been really impressed i'd be like man this cut like this cut scene is really good if it were a video game but this was a huge blockbuster hollywood superhero movie and i was like this is bad like the babies, the babies were the same way. Uh, the babies were pretty bad. Yeah, and so I know where. I mean, I might be skipping a little bit ahead of like the things I didn't like, but uh, that was. I mean, is there anything else you did like? No, not really. <laughs> okay, uh, let, it, let it rip. <laughs> so I just thought, yeah, it was just like, and it it takes a lot for me. You guys know this. It takes a lot for me to like notice something in a movie. Um. <laughs> whether it's whether it's good or bad so um that was one thing where i was like yeah this was just it could use a little bit more work uh supergirl it is super oh, okay super wow. girl 
Yeah, I w- I'll agree with that. There was a lot of moments where I it felt like, so like for example the fight sequence um, once she gets out into the sun, cool like cool fight choreography, but also like it felt like that entire sequence was like CGI animated, like a video yeah. game, and it kind of felt like it felt like there was no effort made to have practical effects of any sort, um, and that was kind of disheartening think for me yeah that opening one with the hospital too just something about it was not even necessarily the cgi but like the way in which i didn't particularly enjoy the humor of that where he was like putting the baby in the microwave and putting the baby like Something that just didn't work about that. Yeah, it felt kind of. It silly. felt cheesy. And like yeah, when he silly. was like eating, when he was like eating in midair, I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, I get it. He needs to eat. Like I get that's that's like part of the bit, but we're we're saving babies here. And I like that. I do like that concept of him like needing a like a higher color intake or whatever. Yeah, but they just never brought that back into the rest of the movie too. So mm, that's right. true. He's like running around zapping all these Kryptonians and nothing full energy. And like the thing is he wasn't even eating like that, that nutrient dense of food. It was just a bunch of junk food from a vending machine. So I was like, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to get down into the, you know, macro nutrition of the, you know, film, but (laughs) it just seemed like. Also he was gone for like a solid 20 minutes. And by the time he got back, the barista was just finishing his thing. Like that's maybe it just proves so unrealistic. Proves how slow the barista was. I guess, mm-hmm. but like, if you're that slow, like you're out of a job. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> well, so man, fail on the realism there, Flash. <laughs> um, what else did I want to talk about? Uh, what'd you guys think about? Michael Keaton, Batman, coming back. Caleb, have you ever seen the 1989 Batman movie with Michael Keaton? No, no. The only thing I know about that Batman is that they use Jordan sixes to for the bat boots or whatever. Um, really? Yeah, they used the Jordan six as like the skeleton huh. of the boot, and then they just built like prosthetics off of it, or like they just added, you know, like the actual like I don't know, like cowl of the boot. I don't know how else to say it. But the yeah, the base of it was a Jordan six, so I've always thought that was kind of cool. Huh. Never knew that. Yeah, I thought all in all, it didn't bother me that much. Like I thought, it, like it could have been much worse. That's true. It could have been much worse. Um, I will say, as a Batman fan, I was underwhelmed. Didn't really like blow blow my mind to like re encounter Michael Keaton Batman. Maybe because they advertised that that was going to happen. Mm. And so I was expecting it. I think, uh. I think if they had just like pulled an interstellar and they were just like surprise, like Michael Keaton is in this movie. Uh, that would have been a game changer. Um, and maybe you lose out on some of the like marketing hype around the movie. Uh, because you can't actively advertise that Batman is in it. But I feel like word of mouth, like 
blow that blows up on the back end right like um there's like there's this insane cameo i don't know um that would have been way more insane to me if it had been like a total surprise but since you know it's coming it's kind of like disappointing or not disappointing but it's just like you know you know it's coming right um was cool to see him back in action I felt like it didn't work as well as in the original Batman 1989, specifically because like, I think there's a certain tone to that movie. Um, and the tone of the flash was like very, very different. Like that movie was originally directed by Tim Burton. It's very Gothic. Um, which the, the whole, like, like Wayne Manor was extremely Gothic, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did a fine job with that. We see like some of the rooms that are featured in the movie. Um oh, okay. that are in the original 1989 movie. Um but just like the tone of the movie is like so bright, it feels a little bit out of place to see Michael Keaton Batman like in some of these scenes. Um gotcha. It wasn't bad, but it just wasn't like didn't have the same like punch, I guess. Like cuz he's a Batman for a very gothic Gotham. I also thought it was kind of weird. Like we didn't really get a whole lot of backstory on like why he's this like, like he's like depressed and like kind of this weird hobo living in his house. But also he seems to basically just be like, yeah, basically I was Batman and now Gotham's very safe. And so like, I'm kind of just uh, retired. And so it was like very unclear of like why he was in this state of like, kind of like, being this weird hermit guy like that was never really explained like alfred's dead but like it seems kind of weird to be like that's why you would think he would just like like he didn't seem sad about like not being batman anymore um he seemed like he was fine with it he would just was like yeah i just haven't groomed myself or hmm. cleaned up the house in a while <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> so that was kind of like in, like unexplained but it was fine i will say i think batman is the only superhero that i can think of who dies twice in the same movie hmm. so shock another one up for for the old batman is that a positive i mean i'm maybe there is another superhero who's died twice in the same movie but i can't uh, I mean, I guess technically Supergirl also dies twice in this movie, but oh, true. But you know, we don't need to worry about that. You know, now that you mentioned, <laughs> now that you mentioned that, I guess that it was another thing I did kind of like. Not that they died, but like there was, I feel like every superhero movie, no one like really dies. I mean, there's the big ones that we all know of, and that typically is like, I mean, Avengers Endgame like is the biggest where Iron Man dies, but like it was kind of satisfying to be like, okay, yeah, not everybody made it out of this. Like there was some actual like stakes involved and Batman and Supergirl, both they had to die, you know? Um, so I, I kind of forgot that part of it. And I did kind of, there's like an odd sort of satisfaction in that. I think. Yeah. I think it's good that they, you know, raise the stakes to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think about like the overall story of this movie? Mm. I mean, overall in general, I am just kind of tired of multiverse movies. 
And it seems like it's the same plot in all of them. Like they they go back to fix something. Then, oh, surprise, they messed everything up even worse. And the lesson overall is you need to just like be satisfied with how the the world has turned out. Mm, Okay. Like I felt like that was the same kind of thing with Ant-Man. Yep. And then this, Mm. and then uh, even when we're going to like go into Spider-Man a little bit. And Doctor Strange, like, the multiverse of oh, man. Yes. And Doctor Doctor like <laughs> Spider Man No Way Home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And to that point, I mean I'm just kind of I don't know that I don't care one way or the other, like if they keep making the multiverse movies, but I've just accepted the fact that like I'm not gonna get it. And I mean I I <laughs> I understand in general, I guess, how time travel and stuff works and the butterfly effect and all that jazz. But I'm not even going to start to attempt to like when Batman put that bowl of spaghetti in front of the Flash. He's like, he's like using that as like this analogy of this is how the multiverse works and all these are and blah, blah, blah. There's some inevitable points. I'm just like, whatever. You can explain it with spaghetti. You can explain it with however (laughs) you want, but I'm just not going to get it. I'm just going to watch this movie and whenever he runs so fast that he travels back in time, I'm just going to accept it, you know? Uh, and I, yeah, it just is, I just kind of like, all right, here we go again. The explaining the multiverse with the spaghetti scene was a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, I thought it was very funny, but not in, I think maybe not in a way that it was intended to be funny. Uh, what were your thoughts about the overall story okay I think this movie could have been really good I think they told it at the wrong time um, Ezra Miller isn't I don't think is a great actor um, I don't know a whole lot about his personal life uh, Actually, I don't, yeah but say he's also um, weird <laughs> I know I know that there have been certain allegations involved. I don't know that he's particularly considered to be like a, a, a particularly nice person uh, from what I do know. Um, how factual that is or not, I don't know. But uh, he's not a great actor. I don't think he's really a great like Flash in particular. Um, and I feel like the, the current, like they know they're going to reboot the DC uh universe they they know that what they have right now is not working i don't understand why you would try and tell this story now well actually i do kind of understand but i just think if they had tried to tell this story at a different uh like if they had saved this for like after they've actually built a good superhero universe cinema infrastructure it could have been really good um, because it deals with like real stakes, particularly like the death of his mom. Like, I think the whole thing about like, he goes back in time to try and save his mom changes time, um, in really problematic ways. And then ultimately has to make the sacrifice, um, to allow like time to play out the way it originally did. Um, but that means that his mom dies. Like, that's like a cool story arc. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, 
the problem with that is one this is like the wrong flash universe to be telling the story it's just like not a compelling flash it's not like a compelling universe so we're just kind of like jumping into this in a universe that we don't really care about yeah um with a with a version of the flash that we don't really care about and it's just like that i think takes away a lot of the weight of the story the other problem is and this gets into what you were talking about salas is there is a subtle but important difference between multiverse movies and time travel movies and time travel movies have been shown to be uh to at least have the potential to be very successful and have very good stories however once you make that little shift from multiverse to time travel then you've gone like a bridge too far um and so like here's like you're trying to do too much so like here's here i'll give you an example so like spoiler alerts for back to the future but like back to the future basically what happens is marty goes back in time changes something and now like the future that he's from is in jeopardy right so he has to figure out how to like fix everything so that like the timeline doesn't get messed up and he still like exists in the future right back to the future like great movie great story deals with time travel very similar to this movie where it's like he goes back in time and changes something and now the future is messed up and he has to fix it but it works the reason it works is because in a time travel movie anytime you alter the events in the timeline you're not like colliding these different universes like everybody is still the same entity they're just like on different timelines right so like when marty goes into the future it's like oh okay like my parents are still my parents but now they're like my parents who have learned to stand up to biff and so they're like different but they're still like the same entities versus like here like the flash travels back in time and now he's also in this like parallel universe where like a totally different person is batman and so it gives us this license to like collide all of these different universes which a just makes everything way too complicated because then you get like fixated on all of these like different like multiverse characters colliding but b it also allows for lazy writing because it's kind of just like oh hey you know what would be cool like let's write in like uh michael keaton batman into the story let's write in the original like doc ock into this story it's like you just start to like collide all of these like things that weren't meant to mix into what could otherwise be a good narrative and it's like a very subtle difference because like ultimately this this movie could have been a time travel movie but it turned into a multiverse movie and inevitably multiverse movies always turn into where the stakes are the multiverses like the different universes are going to collide and destroy each other and that was like literally the the stakes in this movie oh yeah yeah and they even went so far to say worlds are colliding it's like (laughs) this is a little too on the nose you know and they just pull out like the nick cage like superman movie oh that was okay that was hilarious i (laughs) laughed so hard at that um so wait was nick cage also superman okay so do you know what this story caleb no (laughs) okay so um to give context like way back in the day, like before Man of Steel, I think maybe even before the like Brandon Ruth, like Superman yeah, before Returns the other movie. One too. Um, 
there was a concept for a Superman movie starring Nick Cage. And Nick Cage had like the, that like long, long hair that he hair. has in the movie. And he was going to be Superman. And I think it was going to be like kind of a weird take on Superman. And they got as far as like a screen test. But the mo- I don't know why, but the movie just like never got made. Hmm. Um, and it's kind of like a... Um, like I don't know how little known it is, but it's like a lesser known like pop culture fact of like this movie that never happened of like Nick Cage as Superman. Yeah, no, I um, never. So that was that. hilarious <laughs> that they included that. Um, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw him, and honestly, I just thought it was like, like for the meme. Like I was like, oh, it's just Nick Cage. Like uh, I had no clue that there was ever a possibility of that becoming a movie. Yeah. It's a real thing. Um, so that, that was funny. Um, but I think that that's like kind of the problem with multiverse movies is just, they like, they inevitably turn into like the stakes of the movie are like the different universes colliding. Same thing with Spider-Man, no way home is like exact same stakes. Yeah. Exact same problem. And it just like it doesn't allow you to tell like human stories because the stakes always have to be like the fate of the universe. I think that is the problem with multiverse movies. Um, any other thoughts on this movie? I, would I feel agree. like we're close to the transition into the Spider Verse. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, what would you guys rate this movie before we move on? I would give it a five. Yeah, I was between a four and a five, and I'm probably going to do a four just because I probably wouldn't rewatch it even. Well, um, I'm going to give it a five. I would say it's definitely worth the watch. Um, almost more as a comedy than as mm-hmm. like a serious Fair action enough. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, worth the watch. Not a good movie, but it was entertaining. I will say that. It was very it was entertaining. entertaining. Yeah. Yes. Um, I didn't regret seeing it, but it was pretty stupid. uh so there you go agreed all right the reason we're doing spider-man across the spider-verse is a because we saw both and i don't want to take the time to record two separate episodes uh but b because spider-man across the spider-verse is also a multiverse movie um so we thought it would be fun to compare two different multiverse movies that were released wow it's like it's like we're in a multiverse ourselves a movie multiverse a movie verse um a movie verse <laughs> all right would you guys not non-spoiler reviews of across the spider-verse um i loved it i'll just be honest i love spider-man i love the first one uh it also helped that I had the shoes to go with this one. So quick sidebar, uh, in 2018 when the first one came out, Nike slash Jordan brand released uh, the Jordan 1s that Miles Morales wore in the movie. They were called Origin Story. They're very close to like the, the OG Chicago colorway of the Air Jordan 1. And for that reason, they were highly sought after, both for like the pop culture reasons and f- because uh, 
that Air Jordan 1 is a popular shoe. I was not able to get them back in 2018. I also didn't try super hard because that was like kind of in my infant stages of sneaker collecting. But this year, I got the shoes. They did the same thing. They released another Air Jordan 1 of this, like for this movie. So I got them and I wore them to the movie, or I, like I wore them to the theater. Uh, unfortunately, there were plenty of other people who also wore them to the theater. Um, and so that just instantly gave me a connection to the film. And I just like, you know, was already so excited. And I loved the first one. I love this one. It's definitely an over for me. Um, I just think it's like, you know, for the casual bystander, like, oh, it's a cartoon movie. Oh, it's a kid's movie. But man, it is so much more than that. Just the artistic styling of the animation and everything about it. It's just such high quality stuff. Um, and I'm just a sucker for Spider-Man in general. So yeah, definitely an over. A uh, lot of cool stuff from it. So I'll just leave it at that. It's going to be an over for me too. Um that's I some of the reservations that I just expressed about multiverse movies I do have for this movie as well. But what I will say is if you are going to make a multiverse movie, this is probably about as good as it gets. Um, and I was I I um, was impressed. I was impressed. Yeah, uh, over for me as well. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I loved the music. I enjoyed yeah. the artistic. The um, Yeah, a lot of the scenes, especially with, I forget what her name, Gwen and her dad loved the art of those. And plot overall, like, I didn't think the writing was as gapingly annoying as uh, Flash was. Or maybe just because it was a cartoon, you could stylize things instead of having to CGI them to death. So, yeah, over for me as well. All right. Non-spoilers. Spoiler, Sorry. Spoilers. And you wait, you guys catch spoilers. And I, yeah. I don't have mine. It's been so long since I've seen it, but y'all just. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to think about it for a second? Um, no, that's probably not going to help. Okay. All right, maybe it's something that will just come to you. Yep. Spoilers in three, two, one. Spider-Man is the Miles good guy and the bad guy. Oh. The prowler at the end. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, Man, where to begin with this movie? I'll tell you what. I'm not like, I like Spider-Man. I don't love spider Well. No, I don't love Spider-Man. I like Spider-Man a lot. Um, I feel like I liked the first one of this less than everybody else liked the first one of this into the Spider-Verse. Um, there was a certain point where it just like crossed too far into the multiverse realm for me. That It was when the John Mulaney pig showed up. That was when I said, this is baby too much. Uh, You're talking about from the first one? I... I yeah, in the first one. Yeah. But honestly, I liked this one better than the first one. Um, maybe because John Mulaney wasn't there. <laughs> but I I I was really impressed with this movie. As kind of I guess as as somebody who is potentially like prone to be critical, 
Uh, man. Solid. Let's just, where do we start with this? Um, I don't know where to start. Um, because I, what, one of my biggest regrets was that I didn't watch the first one before I watched this one again. Like, it would have just been, mm. I need to do better about that. Like, refreshing my mind on, like, if it's a sequel or something that I've already seen, like, I just need to do better about that because, I've already seen the first one probably a couple different times, but um, I, I regret not watching it like immediately before the new one. Um, so most of the story, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. It picks kind of right up where it left off. Um, but the thing that stands out to me, even like all these weeks after watching it was just like, I think I said this right after I saw it to like the friends who I went with, I was like, it, it was just, so well done like the references to and i'm i'm like this goes without saying i'm i love spider-man but i'm not some like spider-man ultra fan like nerd who has read the comics and knows everything about all the different like spider-man canon and all this the extent of like my passion for spider-man basically like you know i just watched the spider-man television show on tv as a kid um I watched like Tobey Maguire Spider-Man as a very, you know, probably a little bit too young. I think my grandma got me Spider-Man 1 on VHS when I was like 8 years old and my mom was not super happy about it. Uh and so it's just like I've just grown up with him and I know enough to be dangerous. So like I knew about like all the different versions of Spider-Man, but I don't know the very like minutia of the different comics that each one of these, like Spider-Man 2099. Like I know that's his name and I knew that he existed, but I have no other frame of reference. But even with that being said, it's just like, it was so well done with the, the little references and the different like costumes, even the different outfits that they have, like so much nostalgia just started flooding back, you know, to me. And, you know, I've, I've played the video games uh, for, like, PlayStation, and the video games are amazing. So it's just, like, all these little bits and pieces of my life all coming into this one, you know, movie, it just made it really enjoyable and fun to watch. Um, that's my main takeaway. So I basically just, you know, word vomited all over the place. Hey, you got to speak your heart. That's it. That's it. Straight from the heart. Yeah, the the integration of all the different things didn't particularly bother me, which is, I think, something that is, like you talked about previously, David, something that can be a flaw of these kind of movies. So, thumbs up on that. I was really impressed with the animation. Um, yeah, I was pretty floored as well. Man, I feel like every, I feel like every single frame of this movie could be like printed out framed up and put on a wall like particularly though those like watercolor scenes with gwen and her dad yeah man yeah those were just beautiful um which i saw something that was talking about like her her universe like the colors change to like reflect her emotional state and stuff like that mm, interesting. um which is interesting 
Uh, but yeah, for sure, like her whole universe was like very well animated. I think just like a lot of the animation was like, um, like impressive to watch. Same thing with the original Into the Spider Verse. I think that is something that was recognized for of like a really unconventional animation style compared to like Pixar and like kind of what we're typically used to. Like, yes, just a style of animation that is like not conventional, but is very fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, And it almost takes like a minute to get used to it because it's like, it's not, it's kind of like non-literal. But like once you kind of get into that zone, it's like very, like immersive and interesting and beautiful. And I was like, that, that if nothing else is like where this movie shines for me. I, I also I really like the soundtrack. Yes. I thought it worked so well with the soundtrack. Metro Boomin knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Let's <laughs> did go. He, did he compose the entire like score? I think he did the whole thing. Okay. There were some songs that were obviously just like their own separate tracks. Yeah. There are some like Rock Him and something else. But yeah, like the originals, I think, were mostly produced at least by him. Okay. Let me look that up actually. Because um, I can't remember. I don't know if I've even added that to my mega soundtrack mix. Mega soundtrack mix. Yeah. I, yeah, I kind of forgot about the music, which you've already, you mentioned it earlier, Silas. The music from the first one. Oh, okay. Like, I'm not kidding you. It's, the 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 soundtrack from the first one i have the whole album like the whole thing saved on spotify and it'll shuffle through and like it it'll hit me and that's one of those soundtracks where i hear a song and like i remember like specifically something i was doing back in 2018 like i feel like just mm-hmm. that soundtrack alone was such a it's just like such a core like period of my life it's where you hear it and you you know like okay, I was a senior in college. I was, I would like listen to this one. I would maybe go for a run or I would just do something. Yeah, that's so true. Oh man, it's just like, yeah. And, and so. Some of those like Post Malone. Yep, like, yep. Like, yeah, some of those tracks on the first one are like instant memories to college. Yeah, that's dude. So true. It's, and so, uh, you know, maybe I'm a little biased just for those reasons, but I, I'm not mad about it. And even like just going back and looking uh you know, while we're talking, just I'm looking at the IMDb uh, page for this, and it like it gets me giddy and like excited. Like, man, I need to watch this again. You know, um, and that has to say something about like just the mark of a good quality, like a memorable movie. Um, and I think that's mostly what I what I relate to the most. I can't always break it down technically, and like, you know, I didn't even. I love the animation style overall, but like when you brought up the watercolors, uh, you know, from Gwen Silas, I don't like have those specific memories, but then looking back to the photos and just everything, I was like, yeah, man, this was just so, so good. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at some of these stills. Um, Pretty incredible. Uh, Daniel Pemberton is the guy who did the score, um, which I mean, you know, throw that guy on your radar because he hasn't done a ton of stuff that's really broken out yet. I feel like, um, so Daniel Pemberton, 
My eyes are on you. Uh, let's see what else. Um, let's see. Animation was good. Music was good. Um, I thought the acting also solid. Dude, the uh, I mean, the Indian Spider Man, Punk Spider Man, or, or no, that wasn't Punk. Just the Indian Spider Man, hilarious. So funny. He was quite funny. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. I enjoyed the punk Spider-Man too. Yeah, yeah, the punk Spider-Man was I, good too. I came around on him. At first I didn't like yeah, him. Yeah, he comes around when you're like realizing that the whole Spider-like complex is kind of a little dictatorship Yeah. Well, at first I didn't like him because he was kind of like a romantic rival, you know, and you're rooting for Miles. So it's kind of like... But oh, yeah. I will say he did. He does come around. He does come around. Um. Yeah. What? Let's see. What else? Who else was good? Tell you what, Haley Steinfeld. I'm single, so if you want to hit me up, feel free. I'm available. What's the deal? What's the deal with uh, the? What's the guy's name? Shamik Moore. I feel like I see stuff like memes about him, like like trying to flirt with her and failing. Is that a thing? Just... I've I've seen the same things that you I guess are referencing, um, and I can't tell if that's just editing, you know, like that makes it seem that way, or if you know people are just trying to reach a little bit. But if you if you let yourself oh. believe it, it is like kind of like yeah, this guy has no game, or at least hey, or at least <laughs> Haley is just not into it at all. Um, yeah, I tell you what, Haley. I don't have game either, so <laughs> there you go. Uh, what do you guys think about Oscar Isaac in this movie as the villain? I think he's – I enjoy Oscar Isaac in almost everything I've seen him in, so I thought he did a great job. Yeah, I thought he was a good villain too. Um, okay, here's my thing with this in the multiverse – and I'll tell you why I like this movie as a multiverse movie better and why I still have a little bit of beef with it. Um, I still don't I still don't like the whole idea of like having all these worlds collide. It was still like kind of a little bit much for me of like we got all these different Spider-Man and like we're gonna reference some of these out, like outside Spider-Man things and stuff like that. That was like a little bit much for me. Also, here's the other another thing I didn't like. Uh, you know, guys know like the 90s Spider-Man cartoon? Mm-hmm. Where was that guy? Um, you know what I'm talking about? You know the cartoon I'm talking um, about? I feel like I do, but I might be thinking of the really old one. Not the not the really old one. It's just oh yeah yeah yeah. Sorry, I'm having to like look it up to refresh my memory. This is this is what I'm talking yeah, about. This I'm is the one that I screen. grew up on. Uh, the one that was like, bam, bam, bam. Yeah. Bam, okay, bam. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yep. I Which I had like the DVD of that here. Uh, let me see if I can share my screen. Like the 90s Spider-Man. This is the same animation age of like G.I. Joe. Uh, a little bit later. This one. Did you ever watch this guy? Silas? Yes, I feel like I remember. Yeah, some I had like a DVD of this, mm. um, when I was a kid that I watched, and 
I when Disney Plus came out, they put the whole show on Disney Plus, and I like picked up where the DVD left off and like watched the rest of the show. There's some crazy stuff that happens, like <laughs> insane stuff. <laughs> like what? Okay, so like <laughs> this is where it gets. I'm not even going to remember it correctly, but there's like one episode where Mary Jane gets like sucked, like, cause there's this whole like Madam web character who could like do interdimensional stuff. Cause I guess, I guess the spider verse thing is like broader than just this spider verse movie. Right. Like it's kind of a thing that's been going on mm-hmm. for a while, but like Mary Jane gets like sucked into this like alternate universe. And so Spider-Man thinks that she's gone. And then she just like spontaneously shows up again. And Spider-Man has been like grieving her death basically. And she just like spontaneously shows up and is like, I'm back. And so then for like several episodes, she's just back, right? For like a while. And then this villain named Hydro-Man comes back. And Spider-Man has fought Hydro-Man before. And Hydro-Man is kind of like the shapeshifter kind of guy. And he's like in love with Mary Jane. And he like kidnaps her and like Spider-Man like follows him down into this like lab. Turns out the Mary Jane that he has been dating that like comes back after uh, Mary Jane got sucked into the alternate universe is not the real Mary Jane. It's like this Hydro Man like clone of Mary Jane that he created out of the Hydro material that he's made out of because he's in love with her. And at the end of the episode, Hydro Man and Mary Jane like disintegrate and die because they have like short lifespan half-life. So Spider-Man loses Mary Jane into his alternate reality. She comes back. He finds out that she's actually this like hydro lady. She dies. And then he finds out that the real Mary Jane is still like trapped in some sort of alternate reality. And the the series ends with him like traveling across the Spider-Verse to try and find her and rescue her. Wow. Who knows if he ever did. That's a lot. Um, yeah, I don't remember any of sorry. that. <laughs> well, let me tell you, it's worth a lot. But I say all that to say, this Spider-Man, who we know ventured across the Spider-Verse, is nowhere to be found in this, this movie that I saw. <laughs> yeah. Certainly, he doesn't have any dialogue. But that does make me want to go back and watch and that was, old TV show. Well, you know, I thought that was a real missed opportunity there. Yeah bringing in all the villains from all the different Spider-Man eras too. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. Like they did what vulture. Uh, and even like the Donald Glover, like came. Oh yeah. 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 And it was cool. They like was, was, yeah. Donald Glover. He was live action. Like he was real. I was going to say, cause they mixed a little bit of like live action stuff in there, which was kind of, you know, that's always just a fun little mix up. Actually, I was not a fan of that, but of the villains or the live action, like of the live action Donald Glover, oh, I, I feel like because that's what I feel like is supposed to play into like Marvel stuff, and I don't like it when they cross. The, I don't like it when they cross the whole, like production companies. Mm. Mm. Like that's even too much for me. Um. Anyway, what I was driving at before I got sidetracked <laughs> is this story succeeds as a multiverse story because. Um, while what is at stake is kind of the fate of the universe, what is primarily at stake is just Miles' dad. Right. And so the stakes of the movie f- 
feel very grounded of like, this isn't about like saving the universe. It's just about saving Miles' dad. And so while I don't super love that this is a multiverse movie, I think that it works because it keeps the stakes um, like human. Still like relatable. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that will be critical for the success of the, the sequel to this one is if they make it too much into, and I think that's why I like this one better than the first one is because the first one was still about like, if we don't fix this, like the entire multiverse is going to explode. Um, I think in order for the third one to work like this one does, it has to be grounded in that. This is about miles dad. Um, and not about like the multiverse exploding. It's okay if you incorporate that. Cause I realize some of that might be like necessary and that's kind of my broader critique of multiverse movies, but if it shifts to where this is less about Miles' dad and more about like the fate of the multiverse broadly, I think that's where it starts to fall apart. I that's my that's my whole thing. I'm glad you thought about all that. <laughs> somebody's got to. Yeah, do. somebody's got to. <laughs> somebody's got to do all the thinking somebody's here. Somebody's got to think about this, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh. You know what else? What? I'll tell you one thing I did like about this movie. Uh, the term canon event. Oh, yeah. This is already happening, but I think I think that needs to be like part of the zeitgeist, like part of the vernacular. Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely an event. Yeah. Canon. Yeah. Event. Yeah. It's already it definitely is already happening. Else. Are you talking yeah. about? Are you talking about part of the zeitgeist as like in popular culture, like? our lives talking about oh this is a canon event happening right now yeah or, yeah you'd be like oh you know, okay, you'd okay. be like ah you know just wrecked my car it was a canon event <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying yeah i got you i like because i've seen some of that like pop up as like a I, not like a slang term i guess but you know what i'm saying yeah just like, like a like a, it's almost like a meme culture now it's like yeah 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 i and i'm here for it like i support that as part of the the vernacular i want i think i'm gonna term. start using it yeah you want to start using it all right and i say let's all get on board i support that i think it's a useful term that's all i got what do you got what else you guys got on this movie i honestly don't know that i have a ton more specifically um it's just been a little bit since i've seen it and now after tonight i'm gonna probably watch it again not not like literally tonight but it is one of those ones where i'm like it's definitely worth a second watch, a third watch, a fourth and a fifth when I have kids, you know? I mean, I'll keep this movie in the rotation for years to come. Definitely is worth a rewatch. Will you wear the sneakers every time you watch it again? Uh, No, probably not. Def- definitely. <laughs> when you have kids and you watch it with your kids, oh, yeah, if- are you going to show them the sneakers first or are you going to be like, watch the movie and then be- and then are you just going to like walk out wearing the sneakers and then them be like, <gasps> "You're wearing the those are from the Spider-Man." you be like, "Yeah, what? Do you, what? Like, of course I have some." You didn't know. Or are you gonna be like, "Yo, look at these Miles Morales sneakers. Let's watch this movie." Uh, actually, I like the I like the idea of like pulling them out after they've seen the movie, or like like walk out in them, and they'd be like, "No way!" But to be honest, I mean, 
I'll do my best to keep them in good condition. But sneakers also have a shelf life, for lack of a better term. So I'm just hoping that I can preserve them long enough to where my kids can like see them and, uh, you know, and appreciate them. So, but it it pained me to wear them in the theater just because like <laughs> it's so gross. Like that, you know, the theater is so gross with all the popcorn and like sticky and just butter type stuff everywhere. Uh, so I was like being very careful, you know, with what I, you know, what I did, but. It was cool. They're glowing, you know, the, the bottoms of them glow in the dark. So this is kind of a funny thing I did. I Really? Wow. Yeah, the bottoms glow in the dark, but it's like, it has to be like specifically, well, I guess like UV really charges it up. So like I held it just to my normal light in my house, which is just an LED light and it charged it up a little bit. But like if you take it out in the sun, it'll really charge it up. But then I got like a little cheap UV like black light from Harbor Freight. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that thing charges like crazy. And so my goal was to charge up the bottoms like before I walked into the theater. So they'd be like a little bit glowing. And I was like, maybe they'll glow like kind of very subtly, like throughout the whole movie. Um, But they didn't. It didn't last that long. The charge. Uh Yeah. But I did bring the black light into the theater because I didn't realize how bright it was going to be. And I was going to like real quick before the movie started, I was just going to like hit them. Uh, (laughs) but then I was like, okay, this black light is actually kind of bright and I'm not going to pull this out like in the, (laughs) and and do all that. So, uh, so I didn't do it, but you know, I guess it's a thought that counts. You didn't use a black light to like scan your seat before you sit down? No, I do. I don't want to know what's on that seat. Uh, yeah, actually I was just watching another movie, uh, totally not related to Spider-Man, but I was in the theater and my phone fell in my pocket. Uh, and I heard it hit and it sounded like it was close to like, it sounded like it was right beside my feet. So I was just going to bend over and get it. Well, like it wasn't there. And I sort of like in the dark was just sort of like reaching and like trying to grab it. And then I got underneath the seats and my hands started touching stuff. I was like, Oh no, 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 no. Like I'll just wait. And so I just left my phone for the rest of the movie and just waited for the lights to come on so I could touch it without grasping at everything on the floor. So. I do not want to know what is down there. It gives me chills just thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, it's not fun. So, anyway, all right, what about ratings? All right. Silas, you want to rate it first? I should probably go last. Okay. Okay, I'll go first. I'll give it a nine. It's a nine. This was strong. I mean, I thought. I had some personal qualms with it, but overall, I mean, music knocked it out of the park, animation knocked it out of the park, good story, good acting, like, not a lot of, like, clear flaws in this movie, like, I don't feel like I could go much lower, I feel like an 8 would be too low. Yeah, yeah, So I think it's a solid, I'm going nine. yeah, I'm gonna go solid 9 as well, uh, for all the reasons that I've already talked about. I'll probably give it an eight. Okay. Whoa. That was unexpected. I thought you were going to go higher. <laughs> higher. Wow. Yeah. I thought you would go higher than an eight. Eight covers a broad gamut of films in a 
podcast that's called No Settings. Yeah, that's the problem. That is very true. That's <laughs> that's the problem. But like, it also is more decisive. So yes, that's the whole reason. David, I want to give you a little bit of credit in front of our listeners because I've been talking about the podcast. Oh, I've been you. talking about the podcast. Yeah, it doesn't happen often, especially not in front of a crowd. So. Uh, I've been like talking about the podcast with other people and it's, I'm like, yeah, it's called no sevens. And you know, it's because we try not to rank it a seven. And as I'm talking it through, uh, it finally like, clicked with me sort of the logic behind the, you know, the whole name. Uh, and I was like, you know, eight, nine and 10 are definitively great or like, you know, like really good. Uh, and then six, you know, six, five, four, and below, kind of definitively not that good, because I and I think what really d- uh, uh, did it for me was I like watched a video where one of those like people on the street they're interviewing they're like okay what would you rate yourself, and like everybody they asked they're like uh, seven 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 you know and I'm like maybe David's on to something because eight nine like <laughs> like they're not so bold to say like, oh, I'm an eight, nine or 10. I'm a 10. Yeah. Yeah. But they also recognize that like a five and a six, that's also uh, mediocre. So they're like, okay, seven, that's like above average, but not super great. Um, so I want to give you some more credit. I know I've sort of like always like just agreed to disagree on the whole no sevens thing, but I get it now. And hopefully everyone as listeners, hopefully you get it. So I'll give I'll give David credit where credit Wait, is due. You've agreed to disagree on the whole no sevens thing. What are you well, talking I about? I mean, kind of, sorta. I just like you know, I've just always been like you saying you have harboring personal qualms with the <laughs> well, I don't know that for it's, years. <laughs> I don't know and that it's finally you get it. Yeah, I secrets out. Now. I don't know that it's that deep, but I've kind of just like like a lot of things, you know, with me, I've just been like, I don't a hundred percent understand where David's coming from on this, but I'll just go along with it you know so anyway but uh but yeah that's that so props to you all righty well thanks (laughs) i appreciate that yeah all right do we know what movie uh uh, we're gonna do next we know what movie i hope we're gonna do okay which is oh indiana jones and the dial of destiny oh okay I'm down. What were you thinking I was going to say? I thought you were going to say uh, Oppenheimer. Well, that's that's Barbie on the Heimer. list as well, but Indiana Jones is already out and Oppenheimer is not out yet. Right, right. Yep, yep. So. Um, hopefully that's the next movie. Uh, let's just run through real quick for our listeners uh, what we got on deck because there's no guarantees that this it'll everything will come out in this order okay we just did spider-verse and flash i got asteroid city on the list don't know if that's going to happen indiana jones 5 mission impossible 7 oppenheimer barbie uh i also have haunted mansion on here that's like the next month basically of movies that are coming out so if you're listening go see any or all those movies that you're interested in uh and we'll probably be recording episodes about at least some of those. We're definitely doing Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's non-negotiable. And hopefully some of those other ones as well. But um, I think in theory, the next one will be Indiana Jones. 
potentially, hopefully. All right. Uh, is there something we're supposed to say? Uh, when we end? Peace. <laughs>